cast your anxieties on me. Give them to me and let me carry them with you. Let me take your burdens with you. Now, if you think of the term casting and you think of a fishing pole, here we are as humans. We're going to cast it out. Here you go, Lord. And then crank, 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 crank. We re- reel it right back in. So bad with sound effects there, but, <laughs> but y'all get it. <laughs> Sound just like a fishing pole. <laughs> just it, it was just like it, honey. Welcome to the Expedition Marriage Podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm Chris. And I'm Jamie Bailey. And we're Christian counselors and marriage coaches. We're here to help you put God in the center of your marriage by sharing some solid biblical truth, along with some practical marriage tips. So no matter where you're at in your marriage, start getting excited because we're here to help you enjoy the journey. And welcome to the, our episode. We actually have a pretty good one. I'm, well, I'd like to think it's a good one. <laughs> We'd say it's a good one. No, we, we've got a very pertinent one. We're going to be fantastic you know, today. We're, we're going to rock. You're going to really love this. No, we've got a really relevant one, one that just uh, has a hot topic. It's mm-hmm. anxiety. And before we get into this, we just want to make sure that you know that this is going to be a special two-part series. So today we're going to be talking a lot about where anxiety comes from and some scriptures about it. But next week, make sure you tune in because we're going to be talking about some do's and don'ts and get way more practical. Yeah. And anxiety is at a record high. I mean, you know, it's affecting more and more people, especially in this climate, right? Um, Prescriptions for treating anxiety are at record highs. Yeah. And the reason that we want to talk about that and address it is because if one spouse is dealing with anxiety, research shows that it will affect satisfaction in the marriage. And we don't want you all to have to deal with that. You know, I mean, well, we want you to be able to deal with it successfully. That's probably a better way of putting it. There you go. There you go. And that's just assuming just one of you is struggling with anxiety in your marriage. And, And nowadays... There's both couples, both members, you know, of the marriage, members of the marriage <laughs> are, are dealing with anxiety. And it's a real problem. It currently affects 40 million, over 40 million Americans who are battling with anxiety. And since 2020, that number, there has been a 28% increase mm. in those who are struggling with anxiety. We're talking tens of millions of people. Wow. This is not just this little problem. Anxiety is invading our lives. It's not only just invading our lives, it's becoming more uncontrollable in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and we're listening to it. We're bowing down to our anxieties. We're altering our entire lives. And if you have at least one spouse in your marriage doing that, that's going to change the dynamics for both of you. Absolutely. And, you know, and in, in not to knock medication, mm-hmm. but there's more medications out there today than there's ever been. Yeah. And it's still the problem increases. So right. we, we've got to, to look at this a different way. Right. And that's the thing. Here's what most people don't know. We have all these people suffering with anxiety. But anxiety has an over 90% treatment rate. Mm. There is excellent treatment that's out there. You can overcome anxiety. What's sad is only 30% of people will ever seek help for it. Yeah. 
you know, and medication can be one of those forms. Mm -hmm. Counseling is definitely one of those forms. Sometimes when you use medication alone, you're not changing anything cognitively. You're not affecting your beliefs. And so when meds kind of taper and change, you're left with that same old stinking thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, as they say, and, and things maybe, you know, fall back you know, to how they were. And so you're chasing another medication or things like that. But we're not here to talk about medication (laughs) or anything like that. You know, anxiety is something that absolutely affected our marriage. Mm -hmm. The first several years of our marriage, I was held captive, literally held captive in my home for years because of anxiety. The more I fed that little monster, that little fear, the bigger it got and the bigger it got, the smaller my world got. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we we unfold this episode, but we want to offer hope with this. Anxiety can disrupt a marriage and it can lead to marital dissatisfaction. And we don't want that for you all. Mm-mm. We don't want that. And so we want to make sure that you first understand what anxiety even is. Sure. Because yeah, there's different scales, right? Well, you know, and when you think about it, because we everybody deals with anxiety. Everybody has anxiety. Um, Paul even talks about married couples if you are, you know, get married, you will have anxiety to please your spouse <laughs> right. and please God. Uh, anxiety is a driving factor in how we deal with relationships. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ways we respond and our reactivity is is anxiety based. So there's a, I guess, quote unquote, normal anxiety that you deal with. Yeah, normal would be if you're going for a new job. Sure. If there's a test coming up mm-hmm. or if things like that, you know, you're just nervous about something and you have anxiety yeah. over a doctor's appointment. That's normal. It's We're a all going to ex- have anxiety. Yeah. You're going to a new experience, a new place. It's mm-hmm. a lot of unknowns. And so there's a, there's that kind of stuff that makes sense and it's part of what everybody deals with. Yeah, and so, it doesn't disrupt your life. Correct. That's the determining factor. Does it disrupt your life? Is it? Does it change how you live your life? Is it making your life smaller? Is it changing how you enjoy life and mm-hmm. your, what you're able to do in life? Like if you... Don't go to the grocery store except at two or three in the morning because you're f- afraid of being stuck in a line mm-hmm. when you're checking out. That's a problem. That's a problem. When you leave your grocery cart in the grocery store <laughs> in the middle of shopping because you get overwhelmed, that's a problem. Yeah. And those are some of the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't shopping at two and three in the morning, <laughs> but we know people who do. Oh, sure. But I struggled going through a drive through yeah. Why? Because I could be trapped in between two cars. Mm-hmm. I would leave my grocery cart at the store and then come home and just bail on everything. There are things, you know, I never battled with anxiety until we went on a date one time when we were married. We went to see a play. We went to see Les Mis. My husband was so excited about this, but he got us these great seats, you know. They're fantastic. Yeah, towards the front in the middle of the row. Orchestra section, row eight, center section. Didn't matter to me. It's all I did was I sat down and all of a sudden was hit with a wave of panic, which I didn't know what it was then, but I know now to where I needed to get out. Anxiety gives you that feeling of run. It, it ignites that fight, flight, or freeze, mm-hmm. you know, in your brain, and you want to take off or you want to hide. And what I did is I started listening to that. That was that anxiety voice that would tell me that's not safe. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel me again if you go into the grocery store. So guess what? I stopped going to grocery stores, mm-hmm. restaurants. I started, you know, feeling nauseous in restaurants. Well, I don't want to get sick here in a restaurant. So guess what? Anxiety says don't go to restaurants. Yeah all these different things and before you know it i was trapped in my home and guess what 
I still wasn't anxiety free. Right. You negotiated with anxiety and you kept saying, okay, I'll give you this and just leave this part alone. But it always wants more. It always keeps demanding more. It does not know how to stop. Yes. And there's a lot of bad information out there. You know, we we were talking about some of these anxiety memes that have been around for years and they're all about how to treat a person with anxiety. And basically what they are is here. Let me tell you how to walk on eggshells so I can keep this anxiety that I don't even like. But that way it'll keep me comfortable and I won't do anything to challenge it. Mm-hmm. And so there are these memes and these things that tell you, don't make me do this and don't have me do this and treat this anxiety person gently, which we do want oh, you to yeah. do, but in a very specific way that's helpful. And that's not just catering and bowing down to the anxiety. Right. There's a different way of being loving and a different way of being kind to people who are dealing with things. All right, so let's talk about some causes. There's some general causes of anxiety, mm-hmm. and some are physical, right? Yeah. Some are medical. There's some medical conditions out there that are more apt to cause anxiety than others. There's hormonal issues. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> are any of our our perimenopausal um, listeners you know there's there's certainly things like that uh even low vitamin levels Mm -hmm. right there there are certain uh, vitamins that if you're low in if you're a hypothyroid those kind of things can contribute to things like anxiety and even depression right and so you do always want to check in with your doctor for these things too go in fact that's the number one thing we will tell our clients is go get a medical evaluation Mm -hmm. first yeah, get Go a hormone panel, sure vitamin panel. There's nothing, you know, physically that's causing anxiety. Sure. And that's one of the things that we'll talk about when we talk about some of the do's mm-hmm. is, you know, is to make sure that your body has what it needs to be able to deal with it, how God designed you to deal with things. Right. Right. You know, you could be deplete and you could be fighting a battle with one arm behind your back because you're low in a certain vitamin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to oversimplify it for someone who's dealing with anxiety and saying, oh, you just need to take a vitamin. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying some people, that is a help for them right. to be able to overcome or to be able to face the anxieties better. Also, certain personality types. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some very analytic people, highly analytic people out there. Quit who, looking at me. <laughs> He's looking at me. <laughs> who are more apt to, to anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, because, yes, JB's a highly analytic person. She's an Enneagram 6. Not that other Enneagram numbers can't be highly ana- oh, but analytic. The <laughs> oh, but the 6s. Oh, but the 6s. But, you know, being a 9, I might walk out side look around i process maybe three different things within a a couple seconds jamie processes 300 different (laughs) things within the same yes i'm always looking around the corners i like to be in control i want to know what's going on and i want to make sure if something bad happens i'm going to be prepared for it an enneagram six is all about going through life with a filter of security Mm -hmm. keep me safe and there's a certain amount of of role that's how you love people that's how you, you try to keep the oh, there's greatness safe. in it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. It's very loving. And so usually misunderstood, but it's very loving. Yeah. And also you could be, you know, there could be some emotional or mental things. It could mm-hmm. be stinking thinking. It could be the ways that our beliefs have turned against us or how we're running these kind of tapes or reels in our heads mm-hmm. that talk about negative things. And we start to what if ourselves or we start to ruminating on things and get right. too much in our heads. Uh, so there's, there's certainly things like that. Another cause, 
past history. Yeah, which can add to the one you just talked about. Certainly. Because we could have roots in childhood to that stinking thinking, what we believe about ourselves. If we grew up in a chaotic environment where safety was never present, Mm -hmm. we could set out to live a life that says, I need to do all that I need to do to stay in control and to make sure my life doesn't fly off the rails. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And these are ways that we just learn how to protect ourselves and to Mm -hmm. keep ourselves safe. And it's sad um, to be in that position or for somebody who's stuck in that position and is not able to ever relax. They're hypervigilant yeah. and it's exhausting for that. And then of course, let's not rule out sin, mm-hmm. right? Sin is there is sin is a viable cause for some of the anxieties. Right. It's not sinful to be anxious. Absolutely not. But it can be sinful to walk in captivity to that anxiety when God has given you freedom mm-hmm. and you choose not to walk in it. And also anxiety can be a result of sinful behavior. Sure. And so we want to make it clear, you don't have anxiety because you have a lack of faith. No, absolutely You don't have not. anxiety because maybe you're not really a believer. Mm-mm. No, that that is a falsehood. Is there a faith component to anxiety? 100% yes. Mm-hmm. But a lack of faith is not the root cause of anxiety. So hear us say that loud and clear. No, yeah, absolutely not. And even then, and as Jamie was saying, it's walking it out. Um, just using one example, because we're emotional beings, we have all these different emotions. The Bible talks about fear over 365 mm-hmm. times. Fears, worries, anxieties, those kind of things. That's more than one time a day. Yeah. So, you know, God knew we were going to need all these reminders and helps. But if we look at Ephesians 4.26, Paul's talking about anger in there, and I get that. But mm-hmm. he says, be angry. So have this emotion. Mm-hmm. It's not sinful it's to have this emotion. It's not a sin to be angry either. Yeah, even angry, right? Mm-hmm. But do not sin in your anger. Right. Okay. So I don't want to take that too far. But if you kind of think about it, just because you're having this emotion doesn't mean that you're sinning. It's if you do certain things because of that emotion, then that can be sinful. And yeah. so that's where we want to, you know, kind of draw that line. So if anybody said, oh, well, you just don't have enough faith, they're mistaken. Um, they're misinformed because, you know what, I, I my response to that is, oh, you, you wear glasses at night to drive? Well, you know what? Take those off and just have more faith. Right. Because right. anxiety can be as real of an issue yes. as someone who can't drive at night without their glasses. Right. And there's a lot that actually God tells us about anxiety and what to do with it. And none of it is don't have it. None of it is don't feel anxiety, but all of it is don't walk in it. Mm-hmm. Don't be held captive to it. And first of all, one of the greatest things he tells us in First John four eighteen is how perfect love drives out fear. Love that. You know, we get in here, right here is the biggest difference between secular counseling and biblical Christian counseling. Secular counseling and even the secular world will tell you, face your fears, go face your fears. And we do that too. Mm -hmm. But what we say first is face your God Mm. and then face your fears Mm -hmm. because he is that perfect love that drives out fear. He also tells us in Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Y'all, if we weren't afraid, if we weren't anxious, we wouldn't need that command. Yeah. You can't be courageous or you can't have courage if there's not fear. Right. And so he goes on to say, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why? Because the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. I love that. So secular counseling, secular world says, face your fears in your own strength. Do this thing. White knuckle through your fears. Experience them. No. God says, look at me. Look at me. He grabs your face and says, look at me. I'm going with you. 
I am going with you. Just and then he says again, look back at me, because I saw you right there. Because if we <laughs> if we go back to first first Peter five seven, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. We do that. We cast, but we reel back. Yeah, we reel back, and that's when God grabs us again and says, uh-uh, I'm right here. I'm yeah. right here. That is a beautiful thing. Anxiety is a formidable enemy and it can take you out of the game. It can disrupt your marriage, but not on God's watch. Mm-mm. Not when we align ourselves to him. And when I walked through this anxiety, I went to get Christian counseling. I had to do this journey. God calls us to action as well. He mm-hmm. doesn't just say, I'm going to take your anxiety from you. He says, no, you got to give it to me. Mm-hmm. You've got to trust me. You've got to be strong and be courageous. You're not going to overcome anxiety without being strong and courageous, but you're also not going to come o- overcome it without God. Right. And that is the beautiful gift in that. And so, yes, we will have to do big, bold, courageous things that scare us, but we don't have to be dismayed because he is with us. And God also tells us he didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity. That's 2 Timothy 1, 7, but he gave us a spirit of power, love, and Mm self-control. You know what that says? You can do it. Yeah. It says you can do it. Yeah, God has enabled that. It just even, it just some of these verses and so many more, like Jamie had said, casting all your anxieties because he cares for you. Right, Joshua, you know, have, have I not told you to be um, courageous? Because I'm with you. Right. I go before you. Right. Even Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Mm-hmm. Guys, God's with us. He's a resource for us. He wants to be a resource for us. He wants to, us to do this with him, and he will in, empower us to yeah. be able to fight the fight. But you don't want to do it all with one arm tied behind your back. No. And here's where, what we're going to wrap up with is God is with us in our anxiety and he's going to walk that journey with us. But if you're a husband or a wife married to somebody with anxiety, they now have God and you. Mm. You need to be able to step up to the plate and see this for the battle that it is. You need to know these scriptures. You need to know these truths because you've got to, you don't want to cater to your spouse's anxiety. Uh -uh. You want to be the anchor that keeps them firm in God's word, that gets them the help they need. And we're going to get much more practical on the next episode. So if you're not following us, be sure to follow us because you want to know when that comes up next week. And so until then, we want to continue to just help you enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.